We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right next to me, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics. And, uh, you know, we, we took a little break last week for Shareathon. So uh, uh, we didn't really get to talk to people and see how things went. I had a good Easter. Did you have a good Easter? Yeah, I had a great Easter. Got to see family and worship with our church family. It was excellent. Yep. Yeah, we uh, had kind of an exciting Easter. Well, it's my last Easter. Yeah, that's a big um, deal. So it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of an emotional thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, uh, I reflected on all the changes that have happened in the 40 years I've been there. Uh, the fact that I've done it for 40 years, my 40th time I preached on Easter and yeah. how at one point we used to have an Easter. Do you guys still have an Easter sunrise? We don't, no. Yeah, see, but you did in the past, didn't you? Years ago yeah, when you were yeah, young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did too. Six o'clock in the morning, you'd get up and have that sunrise service sure. and everything. And, 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 of course, at that point, I had little kids, and that meant getting them all packed up and dressed and ready to go at this and ungodly hour. it's cold hour. sometimes it's on cold that sunrise and, and now I'm thinking, my kids are all grown up. I, it would be easy for me. And no, now we don't have the sunrise service. And, of course, we always had the breakfast after that and everything. Do you have a yeah. breakfast? We do have a breakfast. Okay. I don't get to eat the breakfast. Oh, you know, do have How a breakfast. come? Well, we've got... Well, eight, what kind got, of deal is got, that? So I, we, you should be out striking. You yeah, should... I, I hear you. <laughs> so we've got our... Uh, we don't have a Saturday service. Okay. Well, we typically do. We don't have a Saturday service, but we have back-to-back three on Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, and 11. Okay. So it is... You're up. And they don't give you a break to go bang, down bang, and have bang, breakfast? Bang, no break. Don't even get to take my alb off. <laughs> don't, don't, I don't mind not having the breakfast. What I do mind is there's no time for a bathroom break. And that's <laughs> by the end of the last service. Now, I'm going to ask you something. And I, 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 Do they have bacon at your breakfast? We had egg casseroles, pancakes. Yeah. And we even have some Nepalese food. Our Nepali members oh, cool. brought some. Ne- was, that yeah, it is pretty cool. That I heard it was delicious. I wouldn't know. You but, wouldn't know. <laughs> because I didn't get to eat it. I don't know. I just isn't <laughs> right. I would think you could at least say, hey, go ahead and sing a hymn. I'll be right back. I'm going to have up. a bite. Warm up. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, when we had it, I always got to do the breakfast. I mean, it was tight because we had the sunrise and then we had the breakfast and then I had to be out at Darmstadt at 9. But there was always time... Of course, we had bacon. I think if you had bacon, you'd you'd change well, your schedule. I would probably change the schedule. You would change it. You would make sure you get down there. Without saying, yeah, we used to have a sunrise service in Waterloo when I served yeah. there, and, and we would do a joint service with um, Holy Cross and oh, Warburg. Cool. We'd have it out at Camp Warburg, and we'd have oh, torch, that would be... a tortlich path to the the, the worship area. Is really neat sunrise. Does he still doing that? Do you know, uh, as far as I know. Okay, yeah. oh, call yeah. ahead just in case. But, uh, <laughs> well, as far as next year, don't go down there now. Because it's done. That's right. <laughs> that was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we hope everyone else had a very blessed uh, Easter.
Easter as well. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I, I got distracted there. So I was thinking of all the differences. We used to have really neat choir cantatas to Bob Hargrove, who has since passed away. But I thought that's, I guess that's what made me verklempt. Because the biggest difference is I looked out over those pews and there were people that were there week in and week out. In fact, you knew they, they had their own pew, as it were, you know, yep. their spot. Yep. And it was kind of sad to look over and that. Nope, those people, they're, they're not there. That's the biggest difference. And yet to think, Oh, but they are there, right? Yeah. Angels and archangels and the whole host of heaven, as we say in the liturgy. Yeah, that's what Easter is all about, the resurrection of the dead, that uh, uh, we can't see them anymore, but they're still alive even as Jesus is alive, and we yeah. all look forward to that. Well, anyway, and that was my... Their Easter was a whole lot better than our Easter. That's true. I bet they got to eat bacon. <laughs> They got breakfast. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you wanted to talk again about something that happened years ago that kind of laid the groundwork for our Easter celebration, right? Yeah, so yeah, we're we're still celebrating Easter, and I think something that's closely connected to that is the Passover. Yeah. Because I think nowadays you hear about, well, we have a happy Easter and then a happy Passover to our Jewish friends, and what's the, the connection between Passover and Easter? Is there a connection between Passover and Easter? And there is. There is. Uh, a very close connection. In fact, we remember Monday, Thursday, we gathered for worship, and we're celebrating that night when Jesus and his disciples gathered together yep. to yep. celebrate the Passover. And then, of course, he also institutes the Lord's Supper there, uh, has Holy Communion, and says, do this in remembrance of me, and we do that today and receive his body and blood. Uh, but what's the connection then, even to Good Friday and perhaps even Easter Sunday, when it comes to the Passover, I do not know what is the well, connection. Well, let's take a look. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to. Are we uh, gonna talk about that today? <laughs> we sure are. Oh, all right. Well, that's good. After that intro, aren't you glad you showed up? <laughs> I am. I am. I had breakfast this morning too. I hope you did. <laughs> no bacon, yeah. but yes, I had breakfast. <laughs> Uh, Exodus chapter uh, 11. We want to go there. Okay. Chapters 11 and Where 12. Where would you like me to read? So this is, just to kind of set the scene briefly, um, we're, we're going to be reading in, in chapter 11, verse 4, uh, but this is in Egypt. The Israelites have been slaves there for generations and generations. There's been nine plagues, and now God is about to tell Moses about that tenth plague, the final plague, perhaps the worst of the plagues. Am, am I, I just, just popped up, am I right to remember it was 400 years? Was it, were they yes, in slavery yeah. 400 years? That's a long that? time. Yeah, when you think that's about That's longer than our country is. Well, that's existed. what I was just going to say. We think America's been around for a long time and, <laughs> and uh, almost 250 years, but yeah. yet. No, think about that. 400 years in slavery yeah. in Egypt. Yeah. So, um,. Boy, boy, just crying out to Lord for deliverance. And then finally God raises up a Moses and uh, he delivers the people. And here is just, just on the brink of that deliverance when they get to leave in the Exodus uh, with that 10th plague. Yeah. So this is, you know, 1500 years or so before Christ is born and this is taking place. But as we look at this, be looking for, be listening for connections to Jesus, connections to Good Friday, and even at Easter Sunday, perhaps. And if I forget any, John, point them out to okay. me. Okay. Uh, but let's get started with, uh, yeah, chapter 11, uh, verses 4 through uh, 6. So Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, 
such as there's never been nor ever will be again. Wow. Yeah, here it is. Uh, about midnight, this is going to take place. God himself doing this. He talks about the destroyer, or sometimes we call it the angel of death, even doing this, this agent of God. And no one is exempt. I mean, think about that. Yeah, it was striking that it's not just, it's everybody, the poor, the rich, everyone. Yeah, all, the, the pharaoh, cattle. and even, yeah. The, yeah, even yeah. the animals. Isn't yeah. that incredible? Everyone is affected. Incredible. Yeah. So so how do you get out of this? Well, God's got to provide a way. God's got to provide a way of salvation, a way to be saved, preserved from this okay. death. And he does it in a very special way. And we're going to read about that in chapter 12. If you want okay. to pick up there at verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each you can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male year old. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. You want yeah. me to keep reading? No, we'll stop right. there. So, right. well, wait, this, this event is so big, what's about to yeah. happen, what's about to take place, this Passover and the Exodus, that this is even going to be the first month for you now. Yep, that's it even it. kind of just changes their whole perception of time Got and a how new they look calendar. at things. A new calendar. Yep. And it's based upon this act of deliverance from the Lord. That's how big of a deal it is. That it just changes everything. Uh, and well, then after it, 400 years well, of yeah. slavery, I guess it is changing everything. Exactly. Yeah. Boy, unimaginable for us. Uh, they're supposed to take uh, a lamb, right? And did you get that on what day of the month? On the 10th. The 10th day. And then they take care of this lamb for three days. Oh, I never noticed that, that before. Yeah. So you're taking care of this lamb. Whoa, you're, you're feeding three it. Days. You're, you're playing it with little... Three days you're yeah. taking care of the little Isn't lamb. That interesting? Okay. Uh, with little fluffy and maybe even become attached <laughs> to the lamb. Who knows? But you've picked them out. You've chosen them out from the rest. And for yeah. three days you have that. And then on that 14th day of the month, then you slaughter it. You know, So that, that is kind of interesting. <laughs> for three days, yeah. though, you know that lamb is as good as dead to you in some yes, ways. Yes, it is. Know? Um, but but if yeah, I wonder if, if you did come a little attached, I don't know. Um, but uh, when, it, when that slaughtering takes place, perhaps you know, perhaps it is kind of a sad thing. You've yeah. had this little lamb with you. Um, but regardless, this lamb has some specific characteristics to it, right? You can't just right. pick any old lamb. Uh, male, year old, without blemish. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. and I are disqualified. So <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to sacrifice us this Passover. Blemishes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So a male, first of all, and this death of the firstborn affects the males. Yeah. So this male oh, firstborn, so this male lamb is going to be what redeems then this male firstborn. Um, a year old, this young lamb, and then without blemish too. Yeah. Um, so so perfect, or as perfect as possible, this lamb without spot. It's not speckled. Perfect white woolly lamb. Yeah. So some characteristics there. Kind of interesting. God gets kind of picky. You're like, well, God, why are you being so picky about what this lamb needs to look like? But again, is because we're going to kill it anyway. We're going to kill it anyway, right? And I think it goes back to, well, it's pointing ahead. It's pointing to Jesus. Here's this deeper meaning to everything that's taking place. Uh, So so we'll we'll pick that up here, too. Let's uh, let's keep on going. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost, the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. 
They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So you're eating in haste because you're ready to go. You're, right. you're going to leave, right? And I think that's interesting. It's the Lord's Passover. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that's why God gets to decide how it's done because yeah. it's his Passover, right? <laughs> uh, and I, I think, too, of you know, this pointing ahead then to the night when Jesus was betrayed and how he gives us the Lord's Supper, right? See, in, in my ear, I'm hearing Dr. Nagel, because that's how he would begin. It, yeah. it is the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And that was the exact point. Yeah, so you don't get to determine how to do it. It's not your supper. It's his supper. He gets to determine how this is. Yeah. I know, and that, that means the world, you know, because yeah. it, what it is, he de- determines what it is, what you're receiving, not just bread and wine, but his body and blood, who gets to come, how they're blessed, all those things. Yeah. It's the Lord's Passover. It's the Lord's Supper. It's not ours. It's the Lord's. And, and yeah. you know, the, the, the cool thing about it is you're in our we could have a supper but that ain't gonna make the angel of death pass over us yeah, trust me I know that we could have bacon but it ain't gonna make the angel of death pass over us yeah. our supper won't do anything it's got to be the lord <laughs> yeah yeah let's say with holy communion we do it according to the lord's institution his promise because yeah, matt's supper yeah you know i mean it might help you for the day it might fill your stomach but it isn't gonna do anything for you beyond that yep whereas exactly. the lord's supper does all kinds of great things yeah yeah i think that's a, a neat thing here the lord's passover the lord's supper yeah now what the crazy part is or at least it seems crazy or looks crazy perhaps to the egyptians what are they supposed to do with the blood as they slaughter these lambs well they put it on their doorposts and they're <laughs> little yeah my goodness so they're, can you imagine that day if you went out and you started at twilight you're out there spreading the Door, blood on yeah, your doorpost yeah, new yeah. agents would be talking about a crazy pastor john lukowski <laughs> uh what you know what's the deal uh but again we see the importance of of the blood and, oh, and yeah. we'll, we'll hear a little bit more about that but the blood of the lamb that's shed becomes really what saves them what saves oh, those yeah. inside yeah, that because the angel of death is going to see that and it's going to pass over if he doesn't see it you're out of luck buddy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're beginning to see connections right connections to then jesus yeah you have the study of the lamb the blood the, the salvation through the blood, uh, being saved from death to life, uh, yeah, yeah, all these connections are already being made. Well, John, John uh, oh, the Baptist, yeah. behold the Lamb of God, exactly. takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. One of the first things John says is, is Jesus approaches. Yep, the Lamb of yeah. God who takes away, and I, I think that's beautiful. It doesn't just take away. The sin of those within some household. Oh yeah, it doesn't just take away people that, that put blood on their doorposts, but but who takes away the sin of the world, you know, and not even just the sins of those who believe, but the sins of the world, you know, he dies for all, sheds his blood for all. Now, those who receive the benefits are the ones who believe, right? right, right. Who who are in faith. They're the ones who receive that forgiveness and life and salvation that he earns. But yet he's the lamb who comes for the sins of the whole world. And and I always thought that was kind of neat too, because it doesn't say if you were an Egyptian, I guess if you did this, You'd be saved too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You just had to believe that doing something crazy like putting blood on your doorpost might make a difference. Yeah, and that seems to be the case because in Exodus you even see some of the Egyptians leave with yeah, the Israelites. Yeah, yeah. So you you kind of assume, yeah, there were a handful at least that either did this or saw what took place oh, and yeah. decided, hey, 
it, it, we're we're going too. It might have been the opposite. The Maybe they didn't do it, and it was yeah. oh my goodness, yeah. we should have done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way, it's a demonstration that the Lord is God. Just like all these plagues have been, right? Yeah. These ten plagues, you know, the darkness and the blood of the Nile. You know, all those things were were different gods that the people had worshipped, and God saying, "No, I'm 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 above all these false gods. I'm the one true God." And here, especially with with this plague. Even the death of Pharaoh's son takes place. So oh, God's yeah. showing, no, I'm I'm above even this Pharaoh that you worship as a God. No, I, I am the one true God. So it's demonstrated time and time and time again for not just the Israelites to see, but for the Egyptians to see too. And, and you know, I think the thing here, as you alluded earlier, so it's not like he's picking on Pharaoh because you could say, oh, yeah, well, but no, this is this death is going to come upon everybody, every family would have come upon the Jewish families, too. In mm-hmm. fact, did if they did not have the blood to cover them. Yeah. yeah. And maybe in a way, maybe it's even an act of mercy because he's demonstrated his power so that people might. Believe, uh, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. call to faith to demonstrate oh. his power. And that's the well, love that God has for the Israelites and, and even the Egyptians. Honestly, they're all going to die anyway, aren't they? Yeah, they're all going to yeah. die. But now there's the possibility that they will die understanding that there is a Lord who can deliver from the yeah. angel of death. Yeah. Yeah. And then all these different connections. The other connection, you know, God calls Israel his, his firstborn son. You know, Israel's uh, chosen yeah, people. Yeah. Okay. And here the, it's the death of the firstborn that's going to bring about the deliverance of the firstborn son, Israel. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's keep on reading okay. to uh, So we're in, in uh, chapter 12, verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you. When I strike the land of Egypt. Yeah. So, the, again, the importance of the blood. Just emphasize yeah. again and again. The blood shall be a sign where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Uh, no no plague will destroy you, right? So, again, the importance of the blood. And it, certainly that blood of then and the Lamb of God that John alludes to saves us, right? That no plague, no destruction befalls us. That we are saved from God's wrath, from sin, from death. Because of the blood of that greater lamb that came for the sins of the whole world. And I never noticed before that this is also an attack on the gods of the Egyptians. Yeah. Which, yeah. of course, all the plagues, if you go back to the plagues, each one of them has to deal with a particular Definitely. god. They worship the Nile or frogs or whatever. But, but yeah, so what are these gods going to They're not going to help you. There's no saving from them. But nope. I can, if you, if you follow my word, I can save you. Yeah. Yep, yep. So that word connected to the blood isn't yeah. that beautiful god's word of promise of salvation uh, of of life connected to that blood and then even today people celebrate the passover right and and even as as christians we can celebrate these events here and, and even jesus certainly before before his his arrest and, and that evening monday thursday he celebrates it with his disciples and so we see that that command to do that here so let's skip ahead to verse 24 uh, through 27 you shall observe this right as a statute for you and your sons forever and when you come to the land that the lord will give you as he has promised you shall keep this service and when your children say to you what do you mean by the service you shall say it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. 
For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses, and the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Yeah. So you celebrate this, you go through this, and then when the children ask you, what are you doing here? What's, what's, <laughs> what's this Passover meal about? Well, then you tell them the story. Yeah. And, and I think you know, for us, um, you know, perhaps not celebrating a Passover meal in our Christian homes, but I think of the Lord's Supper. Yeah. You know, when we come to the Lord's Supper and our kids ask, well, what's the deal with this bread and this little cup of wine or this chalice <laughs> oh, yeah. of wine that you're receiving? What, what's going on here? It's an opportunity for us then to tell them the story to tell him what Jesus has done for us, that, that that night of his arrest, but then that what follows with his death on Good Friday, his resurrection from the dead. It's the opportunity for us to tell the story. And as we do that week after week in worship, the, 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 the richness and the depth of the story just grows as we tell it more and more. One of the really cool things for me is we always confirm on Palm Sunday, which oh, is a sure. tradition for a lot. But then it's it worked out this year that we actually had communion on Palm Sunday, Confirmation Sunday, and then communion the very next Sunday on on Easter. And it was just really neat to see these confirmants come on Easter and, and think, isn't it good to be able to partake of that now rather yeah. than to sit and watch it, to know what it is and to understand and eat and drink for their forgiveness. So, yeah, that's fun. And I, I think it's so beautiful, I mean, because it's a tactile thing. You taste and touch oh, yeah. and smell. And... Taste and see that the yeah, Lord is good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, with our time left, I want to make two quick connections okay. then, because we were talking about, you know, how does this connect to Good Friday? How does it connect to even Easter? So, if you could look up a verse, and I'll look up a verse, All John. Right. So, if you want to do 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Okay. All right. We already talked about John's Gospel and how John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins yep. of the world. And that's certainly Jesus. But if if that doesn't get us through our sometimes thick skulls, uh, Paul makes it even closer connection, I think, at 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Yeah, so, I mean, he goes on to say, he calls Jesus specifically Pastor, the yeah, Passover yeah, lamb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jesus is that greater Passover lamb, sacrificed once for, for all. all. Not to say right. household, but for all. And this is not something you have to do every year to sacrifice, but no, he did it once on the cross. And then also the the Easter Sunday connection. So I'm going to just okay. read from uh, Revelation. Oh, oh the lamb cool. comes up again and again and again oh, in Revelation. Yeah. He's all around. But I'm going to read from Revelation 7, uh, verse 14. I said, John speaking, I said to him, sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation, this, this great multitude there. They have washed their robes and made them white. Guess where? In the blood of the... Lamb, right? Yeah. So we have this picture of people from all nations, these white robes, singing praises uh, to the Lord, and they've made, they've washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. So you, you wash in the blood of the Lamb, made pure. That's what makes heaven possible. But then you even have them standing around the Lamb, singing his praises. Yeah. So this is the Lamb who was slain, but now lives and reigns, right, forever and ever. So that's the Easter connection. Those Passover lambs in Egypt, they're, they're dead. They were even eaten, for crying out loud, you know. <laughs> and what but, was left was burnt up. Exactly, yeah. but not Jesus. Oh, no, he is risen from the dead, never to die again. We still, yep, we receive communion. We feast on him there, you can say that. But we remember that this is our living Lamb of God who takes and, away the sin of the and world. And I never thought about that, yeah. So, so no, no, the Old Testament lambs, you don't want those because they are gone. Like you say, yep, and they, yep. that was intent that yep. we destroyed them. But isn't that remarkable? So you have a lamb that we also thought was destroyed and dead. We put him in a grave, figured it, 
And do you think there's a connection with the three days there? I, you know, Isn't I that kind of cool? Yeah. 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 And perhaps so. For three days, those lambs were as good as dead. Jesus, uh, they figured he was as good as dead in the grave. But guess again, he's risen and uh, lives and reigns to all eternity. And we look forward to being counted among that multitude uh, who've made their robes white in the blood of the lamb. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Some things for us to contemplate as we continue in the Easter season. Uh, We wish you Easter blessings. And this has been Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basics. Basics.